I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Lights. Camera. Action. It's the KSL Movie Show. It's going to work. It's passable, okay? This, this isn't terrible. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. We're slow learners. We're not particularly good listeners. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's Friday. Welcome. Ah. Steve's volume is up pretty high. I just blew his <laughs> eardrums out. Welcome to the movie show. Such enthusiasm. Wow. Friday, September 15th. We're halfway through the month of September, and boy, did the studios run out of quality stuff. <gasps> you take that back. No, there's some, there's some decent stuff this week, but uh, I mean... Our big movie of the week, uh, Haunting in Venice, made a $1 million in previews last night. It's not going to... Well, here's what's the problem. It's not going to do very good business. Who watches Agatha Christie Mysteries? Old people. If you put Haunting in a movie, they're going to like, I'm not going. Well, and the trailer, the, especially the teaser trailer, certainly didn't help. I mean, it, you don't even know it's a Poirot movie until the final scene of the trailer. And you can't get, you can't get that double-layered mustache out of your... <laughs> Out of your mind. I have feelings about his mustache, which we'll talk about when we get to that. But uh, Steve, are you serious? We're, yeah, oh yeah, I have thoughts about Poirot's mustache in these movies. Wow. Oh, well, yeah. this is going to be fun. It's, it's, it's a it's a deep study. You know, you don't just get a surface scratching. I, I go all the way. Well, <laughs> let's see what kind of cleansing he uses on his face. <laughs> All right, we are at Sound Sleep Medical today. Are their you Sandy sure? Location. I am sure. I'm sure we're at their Sandy location. And we're, we'll be talking with Melissa from Sound Sleep Medical in a bit, but we do have a lot of things. Okay, I was a little bit kidding, uh, just that, you know, after the summer where there was just so many different big movies each week, now we've gotten to the point where it's, you know, we've had, we have as many movies coming out on streaming to talk about as we do in theaters, and so... Yeah, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies. Yeah. And we didn't even get to one. No, we didn't. We tried. We make the effort to get to all of them. Yeah. Steve and I spend endless hours in the week oh, watching boy. things to help you out. All right. Well, Steve, let's start with the movie show preview then, sponsored by Call Climate Services. The following preview has been rated G and is appropriate for all audiences. The movie show special feature. Well, let's get started with that big list then. Of course, we mentioned already A Haunting in Venice. Uh, it is actually based on an Agatha Christie book, which I thought this was maybe a... Um, a Kenneth Branagh original, but it's not. No. 
Um, Halloween party. I was going to say I don't know how many people have read Halloween Party, but that's what a haunting. In Actually, Venice they made is a TV on. version of Halloween Party. I believe that too. Is that the one with? Uh, yes. Yes. On What's the BBC. Yeah. Okay. With the little tiny curly mustache. Oh, is that your problem? You, your mustaches were no, just no, 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 jacked just, up. Okay, fine. Well, we'll get to this. We'll get to this. All right. We also have. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring a outlaw Johnny Black. Yeah. These are movies. By the way, do you notice how much effort they put into showing the sign that was misspelled? Yes. Uh, I have I, – I thought this was a straight Western. <laughs> and then you mean I, not, it, not a gay one? Or? No, no, not, oh. a, not a comedy. Oh. I didn't know it was a comedy when I started watching it. So I'm like, the dialogue choices are very interesting. And this is kind of like weird. I, I felt like I was maybe watching a TV show for a second. And then I figured out, and, I, and then I saw the cast, and Tommy Davidson, who was on In Living Color, was in the cast. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. And then once that shifted, then I had a completely different I did thing. like the references to Fred Williamson and uh, Jim and Brown. Brown. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. The late Jim Brown. Yeah. Uh, we've also got Camp Hideout. Yeah. That's a movie. <laughs> this one's for kids. That, that one's definitely for kids. We've I, got, I call it Home Alone Camping. It's That's as... If you want to sum up a movie in three words, that would pretty much be it. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Cassandro, a streaming movie. Yeah, this is uh, Gail Garcia Bernal. I guess there's Gael a real... Gail Garcia Bernal. Yes, Garcia Bernal. Uh, he is uh, a luchador, but sort of in the vein of Liberace luchador. A Liberace luchador. Luchadors, by the way, are rex- wrestlers down in Mexico, the ones that wear the masks. See. If you didn't know what that was. Okay. Uh, and then we've got uh, Love at First Sight. Yeah, it's a cute little movie. I... Liked it quite a bit. Yeah, me too. Uh, we've got a sports documentary called Kelsey. Yes, 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 yes. I love this man. I think he's the coolest football player that's ever lived. Wow. Not Travis. No, this is Jason, Jason. Kelsey, the center for the Eagles. I don't even know who the center is for the 49ers, who I love. That's my team. I don't know who he is. Bart Cross? Oh, no. If you What, from 20 years ago? That's the last center that I know from the 49ers. Don't try to mess with me. <laughs> but I do know who Jason Kelsey is, and this is a fantastic little dog. Yes, I'm sad for my nephew, Everett, who's 11, 12, and won't get to watch it because oh, yeah. it's a little bit too much on the football talk language. Well, especially you know. when they're doing the parade. That's the only thing that kind of bugged me. I'm like, dude, you're such grandmas out there. Listening. Yes, but this is Philadelphia, so they loved it. Oh, I got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, we've got El Conde. El Conde. Is that a series or a, a movie? It's I didn't a get movie. To see this one. It's one of the wackiest black and white dark comedy in Spanish. Get this: Agosto Pinochet, who was the Chilean dictator, turns out he was a vampire. He is right because was would imply that he's no longer a vampire. Well, he doesn't want to be around anymore. He's like, ah, I'm tired of this. Hearts in a blender. Bah, who wants it? Who needs it? Did he date uh, Evita Perón when she was played by Madonna? No, but there is a, there is another that twist that shows up in this movie. It is whacked. Okay. Whacked. Uh, then we've got A Million Miles Away. Oh, Michael Pena playing a, an actual guy named Jose Hernandez who was uh, a migrant farm worker. But he went after NASA and wanted to be an astronaut. And his family's like, what? Dude, what are you kidding me? You know. But, you know, we'll tell you where it ends up. It's a sweet story. Okay. And then we have um, a show that I initially took forever to finally watch, but darn it if it didn't hook me, and that's The Morning Show on Apple TV+. Oh, Plus. really? A new season of The Morning Show starring Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, Billy Crudup. Um, it's 
won a bunch of like Emmys and John Hamm. John Hamm joins it this season. Yes. Oh, he's not in it. Yet. He hasn't been in it oh. until this season. He's in the first episode, so that's not really like a secret. But uh, the first episode of this season, and they've dropped two already. But it is the soapiest soap opera thing you've ever seen. And my oh, is goodness, it? is it stupidly addicting? <laughs> And it helped maybe because I work next to and sometimes on morning TV news. Like, I realize it's not network, but it's like, I don't know. I can't help but see. I, I don't know. It's fascinating to me. It's behind the scenes. You as if what? you've never watched it, it's behind the scenes of a, a national fictional network and all the drama and politics that happen behind the scenes between the office and then the the morning news show. It starts out, well, we'll get to all that when we talk about it. But well, let me ask you this. So the guy that got canceled, it was on the today Steve show. Kerr. Oh, yeah. Matt Lauer. Matt Lauer, yes. It's, the Once first did season that, was based on his, well, at just, least a fictionalized version of his story. I know, but it just kind of bugged me. I thought, dude, that's just creepy. Well, I don't know. I was way more fascinated by it than I thought I was going to oh, be. Okay. All right. So we've got all of that plus telephone torture. We will tell you right now our telephone torture clue is because of Kelsey. We both really liked this documentary that we'll tell you about later in the show. The theme of Telephone Torture today will be a football movie. Remember the Titans? No, we already used that one recently. Oh, yeah, So that's we've right. just eliminated one of the football movies. We used that one for Denzel Week. Ah, that's right. So it is not Remember the Titans. That would have been cool, though. You could have double-fooled them. They'd be like, oh, wait a minute. Can't be Remember the Titans. And I'll give you another hint. It is not Newt Rockney All-American. Shucks. From the 1940s. Skipper. Where we would have had a president. But, all right, so we've eliminated two, but don't worry. There are plenty of other football movies to choose from. You have four chances. Our callers will have four total chances to get it right. And if they don't, someone on the text line will take home pretty sweet prizes. And we have an extra awesome prize today from Megaplex yeah, Theaters. Right. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. And now, the big movie review. Andy and Steve have everything your family needs to know about the biggest release of the week. And our big movie review is sponsored by our friends at Paris RV. Unfortunately, if you want to go see the shooting location for this week, this, this movie of the week, you will not be able to drive an RV to get there. Oh, I guess As it is having. in Italy. And our big movie of the week is A Haunting in Venice. You are here to discredit me. But I can talk to the dead. I give all I have to hear my daughter's voice. Mama, Felicia. Something in this house tried to kill me. No one shall leave until I find if the living have been killed by the dead. You have been hiding here all this time. Who are you talking to? Okay, people rag on that accent, but I think it's just fine. Oh, you mean his Pirillo? Yeah, his French-Belgian accent, Franco-Belgian. Whatever. So we've... Got Kenneth Branagh back as uh, Agatha Christie's detective, Hercule Poirot. This time he lives in Venice. This takes place after A Death on the Nile. Yeah, and he's, he's retired. retired until Tina Fey shows up at his door. And she's a mystery author and wants him to come to a seance on Halloween night to uh, ostensibly, I guess, or at least what she says is to kind of prove that the seance is fake. Yeah, debunk this this medium played yeah. by Michelle Yeoh. Yes, 
very well by Michelle yeah, Yeoh, she's I amazing. think. And it's at a house that everybody believes to be haunted, and a girl mysteriously died there, and everybody's wondering, was it the ghosts that killed her? Well, the ghosts of the children, because it used to be an orphanage. Correct. And then a terribly dark thing happened in the orphanage's history, supposedly. Right. And so they believe that it's haunted by the ghosts of the children who died in this orphanage. And the woman who lives there now is... Kelly Riley. Kelly Riley from Yellowstone. Yes. Who, funny enough, the night of the screening, we had been talking about her on Yellowstone, and then, sure enough, there she was. Beth. She plays she's Beth. a long way from Montana. Boy, she might be the trailer park. Wait, no. She's the hurricane. You know that I line? haven't seen oh. the show. Sorry. She mm-hmm. tells this guy, she goes... You're the trailer park, and I'm the hurricane. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a tornado, though? Well, whatever. <laughs> really, okay. we're going to get all... Let me call him Mr. Eubank. Let's clear that up. <laughs> Kevin Eubank. Do they have hurricanes in Montana, Kevin? <laughs> okay, so back to a haunting in Venice. Uh, so that's the setup for the movie. Um, you've got... Actually, that was pretty much Michelle Yeoh, Kelly Riley, Poirot, and... Uh, and Tina. Tina Fey were the only people I really recognized. Yeah. Well, I recognized Camille Cotin, the oh, French actress, and from the, a couple of other things. The guy from uh, Fifty Shades. Uh, oh, Jamie Dornan. That's yeah. right. Jamie Dornan is there. So I guess I recognized a couple of... Anyway, so that's the cast. That's the setup. What did you think of the movie, Steve? Well, the, the whole look of it. I mean, you're in Venice, and I thought the, sh- the sets were gorgeous. I thought it was pretty cool. I, the, the idea that he's going to, you know, basically just discredit this whole thing and yet then he sees things and i thought wait a minute so are we not discrediting it or are we going with the discredit right and to me this is part of the i feel like they could have played that up earlier in the film's marketing instead of it looking like a just a straight no in the the trailer you do see the girl floating in the sky kind of thing no i know but i'm saying there was two trailers the teaser trailer that everybody saw for three months and then Mm -hmm. the final trailer which came out just a few weeks ago and I know a lot of people who avoid trailers. I've actually had friends text and say, is this movie too scary to take my friends who get scared at everything to? And I have to remind them, it's an Agatha Christie murder mystery. Like, if you can keep that in mind, then all the scary stuff just kind of helps add to it. But if, if all you saw was the title and you watched the teaser and you didn't finish the teaser, you'd be like, oh, this is just another supernatural thriller. Right. And I think that's going to throw some people off that might normally go. Exactly. So it the horror so aspect watch the of it other is, trailer. <laughs> the horror aspect of it is really minimal. Yes, I thought. And, and you know there are there were some jump scares, and I thought they were pretty effective jump scares. Although I don't know if you've seen a lot of movies, sometimes you can predict exactly when they're going to happen. Well, I think they're trying to tame it down just a little bit because they know that their audience, predominantly for Agatha Christie, is is up there. They're not looking to go see like The Conjuring or something. Yeah, they're like not that. building a house by a school. That's th- those people. <laughs> Okay, that's one way to phrase it. Uh, so for me, as I watched it, I liked, I, I really like Branagh as Poirot. Yeah. Like, I think, um, besides Batman, he's obviously the world's greatest detective. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but in this one, I don't know. I, it was kind of predictable. Uh, I, maybe it wouldn't be for everybody. For me, I kind of I guessed several of the plot lines. I did not guess the final thing, so I will give him that. And I'm just never going to forgive Murder on the Orient Express's resolution. I thought that was the stupidest resolution to a mystery. And I'm not going to give it away in case somebody ever sees it, but it was I hated the resolution to the first one. I was more okay with uh, Death on the Nile. I thought that was kind of cleverly how they made that one work out. And this one, I was surprised. I did not know the final... um, 
outcome of it. Yeah, they really put the blender to work in this one. Yeah. But having Poirot question his own self, I mean, that they have to do that in every movie because otherwise if Poirot just knows everything immediately, which, by the way, uh, there's a scene where he figures something out really fast to where you're like, Wait a minute, wasn't this supposed to be the big reveal at the end of the movie? But he figures it out in like five minutes. Yeah, but that's the setup. That, right. That's the red herring. You're like, oh, wait a minute, there's more going on here. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, so for me, so this is going to sound weird, but maybe this will help some younger people want to go see it. This was like an episode of Scooby-Doo. All right? Wow. And that's what I say. I don't, I don't want to give it the wrong idea, but Scooby-Doo, it's all this scary stuff. But really, they're just solving a mystery, and usually there's some explanation behind it. Okay. And so when I finished it, I was like, "Did I just watch? Not sure, you're going to make the did box Did I just art, watch but... a high a high class version of a Scooby Doo episode? I kind of did. Mm, I think it's. But better. it was better acted. Yeah. Obviously, it has better stars. It was more lush, you know, lavishly produced. It was gorgeous. Venice was gorgeous. Yeah. But when it comes right down to it, it was an episode of Scooby Doo, dude. You're underselling it, I think. I think it's much better than a Scooby-Doo episode. Well, no, I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but that's when I was done. That's really what it felt like. And I actually said that to one of my friends, a younger friend, who was like, I, I want to go see this kind of, but I don't want my friends who thinks it's too scary. I was like, just tell them it's like Scooby-Doo. They'll be fine because then they can enjoy the movie. I just don't want people to be put off thinking it's this one thing when it's really something else. Yeah, no, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. And, uh, okay, now about Poirot's mustache. Oh. In the first movie, it was a giant distraction. Giant distraction. Okay. In the second movie, we at least found out why it is what it is. Right. And in this one, I didn't even hardly notice it at all. So I'm grateful that they've been downplaying the giant distracting mustache. I thought you were really distracted by the double-layered, super-duper cool. Well, he's got World War I scars under there, man. I know, I know. But no, because the first one, I swear, it like wrapped around his head twice. Wow. That's my memory of it. So, a haunting in Venice. What would you? What would you uh, give I give it? it a B plus. B plus for me. I actually gave it. I think two and a half out of four. I, I don't know. I, you could talk me into a three because I did enjoy it, but I, I don't know. I, how many novels does Agatha Christie have? A bunch. Yeah. So we can get some more of these, right? Oh yeah. But he's already to the retired stage. So how are we supposed to get? I don't know. I, I, he figured it out. I guess so. So that's a haunting in Venice. Unless this makes twenty bucks and then he's done. Well, it only made a million in previews last night, so hopefully that's not it's an not indicator. His, the audience is not a doesn't Thursday go on night a Thursday. Audience. Okay, okay. I hope you're right because that is the big movie. But of I the think week. the haunting in the title is going to throw people off. Yes. Just remember, this is a murder mystery that happens to have some supernatural elements to it. Lightly, lightly, and it's got funny moments, and it's got. You know, everything you want from a Great witty dialogue, I thought. Oh, yeah. So Especially Tina Fey. She was hilarious. I wonder if she helped punch up the dialogue, because that's one of her hallmarks, is she's a a pretty solid writer. And that is our countdown to wrap up. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that is it here for the the big movie of the week, A Haunting in Venice. It's the KSL Movie Show. It's going to work. It's passable, okay? This, This isn't terrible. The week's big movie review. Games and prizes. Here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. We're slow learners. We're not particularly good listeners. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. I'd say no to one of those. Are we are slow learners or they're yeah, not good probably listeners. Slow. <laughs> 
But we are good listeners. Between the two of us, we could be a, a, a oh, fast learner. A and solid. Yeah. You know, like on Seinfeld. Between the two of us, we're the perfect boyfriend. Oh, well, welcome to the movie show. We are at Sound Sleep Medical, and we'll be talking with Melissa soon about some a great deal for KSL listeners to help correct an important thing is to get sleep apnea fixed. Uh, but first, we want to involve our listeners on the movie show. We want you to be a part of it. Text us, 57500. Today's question of the week that we want to hear your opinion throughout the movie show. And as your texts come in, we'll read them off. What is your favorite mystery movie in honor of A Haunting in Venice being our big movie of the week? It is a mystery movie, not a horror movie. So what is your favorite mystery movie? And it'll be interesting, Steve, I think, to see what people feel like is a mystery movie. Star Wars. (laughs) Don is never going to live that down, is he? No, he's not. And that's for telephone torture. But this is for your favorite mystery movie. Text us at 5750. What do you love? I, one of the ones that I love, Clue, the one with Tim Curry. Love that movie. Which which version? Uh, the one with Tim Curry. Don't they have like 43 endings? So? Oh, which ending of Clue did I oh. like? Uh, I didn't care because they were all funny. Oh. And I just think Tim Curry in those late 80s, early 90s movies when he did comedy, Oscar with Sylvester Stallone's one, I just love him. Tim Curry. That. I think a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, of course. That's probably what most people think of. Uh, but another underrated one that I really enjoy is called Without a Clue with Ben Kingsley and um, Michael Caine who play Watson and Sherlock Holmes. And the premise of the story is what if Watson was the real uh, the crime genius. solver and Holmes was just the character that uh, Watson created because he wrote the, the Sherlock Holmes stories himself. It is so funny, and so few people have seen it. And Michael Caine is the actor, Reginald Kincaid, who's been hired to play Sherlock Holmes. Wow. Because the cops want Holmes at the scene, not Dr. Watson. I hear Holmes and Watson, and I think of that Will Ferrell piece of crap. Uh, yeah. That's uh, a mystery, too. I guess you could it's put It's a mystery that as how it your... got on the... On a screen. It's got Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. We just played a clip from those two to intro the show. Garbage. It, it, it had some funny moments. Garbage. It had some funny moments. Wow. We've already got a text in. Oh, that's a good one. Favorite mystery movie, The Prestige. Christopher Ooh. Nolan, 2006. Yes. That is a good one. What Lies Beneath. With oh, yeah. Then maybe you could consider that a mystery. So, all right. We want to hear your thoughts. Oh, Five, you're not seven, saying five. that's a mystery? Come on. Well, I haven't seen it. But maybe it is. <gasps> I have heard of... Well, I don't want to give anything Silence away. of the Lambs. <laughs> That could be a mystery. But that's why I say it'll be interesting to see what our listeners think is a mystery movie. Private Eyes, we just got one. I don't know what that movie is. Uh, that's an you old... may have to send a follow-up text, like who's in it and what year was it made. I think it's a, uh, whatsamacallit movie. Um, J- a whatsamacallit movie. Yeah. Uh, that's a very Harry scientific Ch- term. We are professionals here on the movie. Chaplin. Show. Chaplin. Oh, 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 okay. So back from the black and white days. Yeah, the, the gray period. Okay. Hey, does uh, Roger Rabbit count? Uh, Gustavo wants to know if Roger Rabbit counts. I think so. There was definitely mystery behind that. Sure, that's adorable. Actually, Roger. it is. No, that's fair. That's a that's a good mystery. All right, the uh, texts are already coming in, so we'll talk about those as we go through on the movie show. But Steve, we got to review another movie. Okay, one of the ones we both liked, Kelsey. Having the courage to fight for who you are, being unapologetically yourself, that's my role. Jason, you have no idea what you mean to this city. He'll go out there and see everything on a football field, but he cannot find his keys if they're in his pocket. If I was a Super Bowl ring, where would I be? <laughs> he talked about that last night in the after the, the game. He said, I found it, finally found it in a, I put it in a tube sock. Oh, 
And then now, yeah, because they never answered that in the movie. No, but he found it, and then he lost it again. So now he doesn't know where it is. So we're talking about not Kelsey Grammer or Kelsey Ballerini. Although my kids were like, "Is that about Kelsey Ballerini?" I'm like, "No, it is not. It is about Jason Kelsey, the center for the Philadelphia Eagles, longtime center." Uh, And this is a documentary. uh, He allowed Amazon's documentary crew for Prime Video to follow him around for an entire season last year, starting uh, before the season begins and following him all the way through a season in which he and his team, the Philadelphia Eagles, make it to the Super Bowl, which, of course, they didn't know before the season started. And very fortuitously, it also happened to be the one where he plays his brother Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl. I mean... Talk about, you You know that the people at Amazon were doing backflips when all this stuff was coming about. I didn't know they were making this movie, but when I saw it, I thought, well, this is perfect. Oh, the thing I loved about it is his home life. His wife, how they met, and the kids, and the idea that he's worried about, he says, I love playing football, but I'm worried that I won't be able to get down on my knees and play with the grandkids. Yeah. I, I, actually, uh, he, I, I actually saw something on Twitter last night where in the movie somebody commented that he and his wife had to pay $50,000 to get their Super Bowl tickets for that game. It was $4,000 a piece, so they bought oh, about, you mean about for the, 12 for yeah, the family. To go, yeah, for the family to go to the Super Bowl. They didn't make him pay to go to the game. But, man, people were savage on the replies. Like, you make a million dollars, shut up about that. And oh, really? I'm like. Well, I mean, I don't think they were whining about it. I mean, they were, it was a little bit. No, 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 no. He just, somebody commented, like, wow, he had to, he had to pay $50,000 to get his family to the Super Bowl. And people, on the one hand, were like, why doesn't the NFL comp him that? And then on the other hand, they're like, that's just a drop in the bucket to these richies. And yeah. in the movie, it didn't come across as a complaining. It no. was just more like, she's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to pay for the maximum allotment that we can buy, and that's $50,000, and that is, that's a chunk of change. Yeah, well, even for them, they're like, wow, that's a lot of money. But uh, it was emotional, man. Like, I actually had forgotten exactly how the Super Bowl played out. Like, I mean, I remembered who won, and I remembered it was close, but I had forgotten how close it was. So to watch this emotional journey that he goes through. With his brother and with his, his brother. Yeah, his and they start a podcast during the season of them together. Have you and, heard like, their podcast? I haven't, but it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, I, I think I it's, called, uh, it's called the Heights or something New like Heights. that. Because they're from Cleveland Heights, Ohio, and it's right. funny to see them in my favorite team, the Browns uniform, when they were kids playing. It's a bit sassy. I mean, the language is, yeah. uh, is a little rough. And so that's the, that's why I joked earlier that my nephew, who loves football, loves football, probably can't watch this one because he's only 12, and uh, they use a lot of football talk. Let's just call it that. Yeah. Um, but like emotional, when he goes to hug his mom after the Super Bowl, I think my wife was cutting onions upstairs, and that's that's the moment when the fumes got to my eyes. He was such a class act about not winning that Super Bowl, and his brother, and so happy. Oh yeah, for his even brother. in the moment. No, yeah. go celebrate with your team. Yeah, exactly. Go celebrate. Yeah. And Travis is feeling like, dude, I feel bad. I'm like, go, you won. Get out of here. And I was, thought that was such a classy move. So that's Kelsey. And if you like football, if you just like documentaries, like about people, like even if you don't like football, you can kind of. He's, you, such, he's just such a good old boy. You know, that's what yeah. I love about him. And he's not the flamboyant personality type the way no. his brother is. Right. But he does have some sass to him also. Oh, yeah. But no. he was the undersized guy. He had to fight his way all the way up through yeah. the ranks to get to the NFL. Yeah. So Kelsey. Yeah, his whole story. I mean, playing in Cincinnati and all that. And, since University of Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. How about, how's that? Thinking about that, they're, uh, um, 
Travis Kelsey plays for the University of Cincinnati, and then he has to play Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game a couple of different times. Yeah, that's true. That was something I didn't realize before. But that's Kelsey. I For me, it's like an easy three, three-and-a-half out of four-star documentary. I gave it an A. I, I couldn't – I re- wrote down, I don't know how a sports documentary could be any better than this. That's how much I enjoyed Ooh, this. wow. Yeah. Yes. It's and, no winning time or anything, but – We'll, we'll talk about winning time. Don't you worry. Hey, by the way, uh, we got a text on uh, Private Eyes. Is Don Knotts, Tim Conway. Oh, Don Knotts. Sorry. That's Don right. Knotts, Tim Conway. The Movie Show. It is not a donut hole, but a smaller donut with its own hole. And our donut is not whole at all. On KSL News Radio. Welcome back to The Movie Show. We have been taking your texts at 57500 uh, of your favorite mystery movie and... We've got a lot. Like these are some good. This is what I was hoping for a question. Who, what do you see as a mystery movie? Does it have to be a mystery with a detective? Is it just something where the characters don't know what's happening and you don't know what's happening as a viewer till the end? Here are some uh, some lists. Okay, wait until dark. Ooh. Ace Ventura. Okay, <laughs> I guess it was a mystery as well, to yeah. what He's happened to what happened to uh, Dan Marino and uh, who who and stole the, the dolphin. <laughs> wait. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's a mad, mad, mad world. Wow. Uh, let's see what else have we got. Knives Out. A couple of Knives Out yeah. votes in a row. That's, that's a good. That's a very good one. The Illusionist, which is the not Christopher Nolan version of the Prestige. Yeah, I remember that <laughs> the same year, weren't they? That came out like back to back. Yeah, they were really close. Yeah. Hollywood always does that. You don't yeah. get like they hear that they're making a movie. Oh. Well, let's rush one into production, and then the game by with Michael Douglas from Rob and South Jordan. Oh yeah, The Burbs. The Burbs. Tom Hanks. Yes. Ooh, Rear Window. See, we're going back to some oh. classics. That's a good one. That would be on my top five. Mystery Men. Mystery Men, yeah. With the shovels. I figured people would guess that one just because it has mystery, mystery in the title. How about Manhattan Murder Mystery? It has murder and mystery in the title. Uh, let's see. North by Northwest. That's one of my favorite movies of all. That's a great film. Mr. Capital. I always wanted to see that house on top of it. It's not really there. The Ghost and Mr. Chicken. Yes, with another Don Knotts. Oh, and then uh, Stone's going with the Ocean's Eleven. Really? You didn't want to go with Ocean's Eight with Sandra Bullock? We got one listener says, one of the best mystery movies is Memento. Ooh. That's another Nolan one, isn't it? Isn't yep. that his first one? Yeah. All right, so we will keep taking your texts, your favorite mystery movie, 57500. Uh, but, Steve, it's time. Let's do some movie news. Okay. Not just any news. Stop what you're doing and listen. Movie news. On the KSL Movie Show. All right, Steve. I think you and I both agreed on one item for movie news. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Donald Glover says Lando will now be a movie rather than a Disney Plus series. He believes. So, yeah. I bet the phone... Because they can't say much right now with everything being on strike. Actually, I think it was Donald Glover's brother who said this. Oh, really? Oh. Donald's not allowed to make comments of these types with the SAG strike going on. Well, he did say it's been a series of phone calls, so we're really not sure what's happening. But that is good news, bad news. The bad news, if it's bad news, is it's going to be fewer hours. Like, I'm always the one of, like, give me as much of everything... But with as long it as being a good. movie, you want it to be good, and maybe that forces them to, to compact it down into something good. So Lando, not going to be a Disney Plus series. Apparently, it's going to be a movie in theaters instead. Not a movie on Disney Plus, I hope. 
theaters because you got to work harder for theaters. Yeah. All right. Uh, I had uh, something very interesting, Steve, and that is uh, One Piece, the show on Netflix we talked about a couple weeks ago. That I still can't week. drag myself to. It's really that good. Huh? A- adapted from an anime comic, which was then an anime series, which is now a live-action series. Number one on Netflix worldwide for two straight weeks. It was just given a season two order. And I was reading an interview with the uh, creators of the show. They feel like it could go six or seven seasons. Wow. One piece forever. Huh? One piece. It's going to be six piece. None the richer. No, that's six pence. Well, I don't know. The Writers Guild is not happy with Bill Maher, by the way. He's starting a show Does back up. Does anybody like Bill Maher anymore? I kind of. I mean, he's gotten kind of curmudgeon-y, but I think he has some interesting things to say. But uh, he's starting a show back up, and it, but he says it will not include an opening monologue due to the writer's strike. But the Wait, can he write his own stuff? Well, like, that's Can't he thing. just go out and like say funny things? Well, maybe not. Apparently not. Okay. It, but so the strikers are not happy about it, but he says, look, it's time to get back to work. Well, Drew Barrymore did the same thing with her show that's on KSL TV. She's going to work without writers, and she's getting grief. And I think her says, her thing was like, i got to employ all the other people, like the camera people and the all the people below the line, they call it below the line, that are affected by the strike. Well, a lot of these you know, the late-night uh, hosts are having a gathering where they raise money for the strikers. I mean, they're they're trying their best, but how about we just come up with a solution here? Hey, right. Pay some money or figure it out. They're supposed the to meet again this week. Yeah, quote unquote, because they're, they're like it's like one more week or so, and then the whole twenty twenty three twenty four TV season broadcast TV season is shot if they don't get it by then. Wow! It's the KSL Movie Show. It gave the audience feelings they weren't sure they should enjoy. The week's big movie review, movie news, games, and prizes. Here, here's Andy Farnsworth and Steve Sales. Like a slice of butter. Melon on top of the big old pile of flapjacks. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Welcome into our number two of the movie show here in the middle of September. And we have been taking your texts all morning at 57500 for what is your favorite mystery movie. And Steve, these texts are pouring in. Are People have feelings about mystery movies. And I'm loving some of the suggestions. Here's one, though, I think that, uh, that you'll like. Ishtar. Big, wow. Big mystery as to why that movie was ever made. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Points for that texture Poor for Ishtar. being clever. Now, here's one. I haven't seen this one. Milagro Beanfield War. What? Was that a mystery? It was shot down at... Uh, well, I know. I know it was El- shot here, but I didn't. I've never America. seen it. But was it a mystery? Uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. I'll <laughs> say Yes. Shutter Island. Ooh. That's yeah. Definitely a mystery. Sleuth, the original with Laurence Olivier. Oh. Wow. And I don't know who Kane is. It could be, is it Michael Kane when he was like a kid? Is it Kane Mutiny or? Just... Ah, no, it just said the original with Olivier and Kane. Oh. So, but must, I haven't Must be Michael Kane. I don't know. Uh, Charade. Oh, that's a great one. Ooh, yeah. With Audrey Hepburn oh, and Audrey uh, Hepburn. Cary Grant. Yes. That's a good one. Uh, let's see. Oh, in fact, there's three votes for charade. Just as I'm scrolling through, the name of the rose. That's one I don't. I don't know that one. Uh, I mean, I've heard of it, but it's a Sean Connery. Believe it or not, this movie show host has not seen every single movie that's ever been made. <laughs> Murder by Death. Yeah, that's one my dad loved. All right, so we are now joined. It's been a couple of months since our good friend Virginia Pierce from the yeah. Utah Film Commission has made it in, and after her long summer vacation, she was not on strike. 
She was I wanted doing to her be, job. but I was not. But that was the last time we talked to you, Virginia. That was the day that we found out that the the, the actors were going to go on strike, and then everything was up in the air, including multiple productions here in Utah. So how's it been since then? Not great, I'll be honest. But uh, we do have, actually, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven small independent films that are currently shooting in Utah, which is great. Yeah. But, you know, that's the only thing. So we none of the big productions, none of the television series, none of the big features can shoot right now because they're just waiting to see what the strike, what happens. Any any scuttle that you can share? I mean, honestly, nothing. There's been, it's like radio silent. I'm hoping, I was hoping that they would get resolved this fall, but rumors are flying that they're not even going to start talking till January, oh. which is so sad. I keep hearing this little battle going on between Taylor and uh, uh, Kevin Costner about... Oh, is that still going on? Yeah, he says he wanted veto right for his, for any script that he was in. I know he had... Like a, the moral death thing where he wanted, I want him to go out, John Dutton to go out in a reasonable way, I guess. Yeah. But he actually, in the latest conversation they had in July, that they, he said, I want veto script uh, wow. approval. And I Taylor mean, said, dude, star. it's not happening. <laughs> so I'm, Let those two duke it out. Sounds like they maybe have parted ways. But he wanted to do another six and seven. I was. Taylor. No, Kevin. No. She didn't say it though. Yeah, but you, you she, did not she hear knows anything stuff. on the radio she out of Virginia's mouth. Stuff. <laughs> well, because he's he's devoted to Horizon. I mean, he is very committed, and I, from what I'm hearing, it is absolutely beautiful. So I just want it to. If come we out. could just get it to shoot and get I it know. released, right? They're well, and it, they're in on hold for even the first one, even though they shot that last fall, last yeah. summer and fall. Because they have to do something called ADR, which is like the voice, of, you Automated know, the dialogue replacement or something. Yeah. Like that. So after you shoot a scene, if something dropped out or you can't hear the voice perfectly, then they'll come back in the studio and re-record that conversation. But of course, that those are actors. Yeah. That are doing that. Yeah. And they can't even finish that. So you can be guaranteed if you see their hair moving in a scene because the wind is blowing, that that dialogue was recorded later. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's crazy how much they do. I know, in an ideal world, you know, because it adds cost, of course. Yeah. So the purest directors will be like, you know, we're shooting everything. Sound effects have to happen on set. But honestly, it, you know, I think it's tricky. It's tough. Yeah. I've got a unique question, Virginia. Do you ever? Hobnob with any of the celebrities that come to town for Fanex. You know, we, we were like, just hey. talking about Fanex. We used to be involved years ago when for you know Comic Con and Fanex first were getting going, and yeah, you know, we were just chatting about that. I'm like, I don't even know who's coming this year. We haven't been involved in a while. Well, I know Zachary Levi is coming because I'm going to be the moderator for cool. his panel. This is the challenge this year because of the strike. Though we yeah. can't talk about New any of projects, the struck work, right? Yeah, and so Can you talk I'm, about I'm, a, I'm the host. Of, no, that's oh, the frustrating so. part. It's anything that related to that, that really? is owned by any of the companies. I thought it was past, present, and future. Things. They can't talk about future, current, or past. And so, it, I mean, it's going to be an interesting challenge. I'm, I'm having to do some prep work, and 
Uh, I'm hosting the Smallville panel with all these stars of Smallville, wherein we cannot talk about Smallville. Oh, wow. That's going to be tough. Yeah, it will, but tough. you know what, though? There's going to be some fun with it, too, because, you know, uh, a lot of times they tell a story that, uh, that you know, if you're a big fan, you probably hear. I've heard all of Mark Hamill's stories, mm-hmm. like, all of them. <laughs> but I also remember there's a lot of people who haven't that aren't quite as into the weeds, as Steve would call <laughs> with Star Wars as I am. But mm-hmm. uh, but it'll be fun to actually get to know, you know, the actors a little bit better. I think we can. I think there's some fun questions that can be asked. Favorite color. <laughs> exactly. If you were a Where'd tree, what kind of tree would you be? <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Maybe this is because, you know, it's going to be a little less pressure for them. That maybe, uh, maybe the film commission huh? be like, hey, you know what? We've got some things. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I should. I should look into it. It's been years since I've been involved. Just show them your ID. I'm sure that they'll just be Yeah, like, don't you know who I am? <laughs> or wear something exactly. funky. It doesn't work very much. So what are some things that have been shot that can't be released now? Is there anything you can tell us, like any titles that we can look for to we, that we'll get as soon as the thing is resolved? Not that are going to begin production again. Like didn't Chosen get a, an exemption? The Chosen got an exemption. But they're still everything that shot this last spring will still be in post, so oh. they won't be. I'm trying to think. There's definitely some series that shot here last summer. One called "Murder at the End of the World" with Emma Corwin. Oh. Um, but I don't know, and I actually I think that's Amazon or. FX. I think that'll get released. Okay. Right? Because the studios can do whatever they want. Well, that and I think streaming, if it was for streaming, streaming they've had no trouble releasing on streaming. Because right. they it, wouldn't it's... have actors, you know, promoting it anyway. Well, it's weird. Yesterday I read an article that said the A24's past lives, they have an exemption for promoting for award season. So the actors in that movie are being allowed to promote it. I think it's gotten gotten tricky though. I think with, even when you get an exemption, there's just hard feelings on both sides. And I don't know if you saw Jessica Chastain. Yes. I was about to bring that up. Festival. And you know, she got a lot of backlash, even though she was very, you know, sags on strike and had her t-shirt on. But I just think it's it's like any false move right now is tricky. Nick Cage was there too, wasn't he? And he probably get away. <laughs> he probably doesn't care. <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage has some kind of immunity probably he does. for everything. Uh, no, I was just uh, that. That's the interesting thing to me that I've never really paid that close of attention to before is, you know, how important for some films is having the actors on the Tonight Show and having mm-hmm. the actors oh. here. And I remember how many of clips marketing. of the Today. Well, I sit in front of a TV in the traffic center that's on without audio and. Um, you know, now I'm seeing, I'm, I'm not seeing the clips for all the movies that are coming out that I used to see regularly just out of the corner of my eye. And that, you know, it makes you wonder that we, there was a good box office over the summer. I mean, it was like 4 billion. Um, but, but what could it have been if there could have been the full marketing force behind it? Yeah. I know. <sighs> They're losing money and yet they don't seem to want to do anything about it. That just drives me crazy. Well, Blake, uh, from Larry H. Miller was telling me that he's just grateful that Taylor Swift exists in the world oh, because yeah. that that show is going to save them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Which already once pre-sold. Again, it's Taylor pre-sold Swift 65 million already. That's projections right now. 65 million yeah. by the day it premieres. Oh, I thought it would be closer to 100. No, but they're thinking that through that weekend that they'll get to 100 million over the first. I haven't bought my ticket yet, but I plan to. Are you going? Of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you going to make a bracelet? I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. You're Can't 50? Lie. Yeah. You know that Taylor's current uh, guy that she's hanging out with met her because he made a bracelet to give to her. 
But he couldn't give it to her, right? Not at first, but then he did eventually get it to her. This would be the football player for the (laughs) Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, yeah. Uh, Well, Virginia, I wish that it was better news. And you know what? I was kind of hoping there'd be a quick resolution because then with all the delay in productions, they could shoot all the Christmas movies here during the actual winter. When the yeah. trees are bare and they don't have to truck in the snow and then shoot really tight yeah. to make it look. I like... bet we'll have a few of those. They've been leaning towards leaning into that more. They did. You know, we had three Dang. or four last winter, so I bet we'll do that again. Well, and since you were last year, I saw the uh, my parents got abducted by aliens, and now I'm oh. feeling kind of left out. And that was great it's to great, see. Great, wasn't it? Was I know movie. they did a great job with that movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it fun. All right. Well, that's Virginia. Uh, Pierce from the Utah Film Commission, we're so glad that you still come and join us. And I'm sure really? that the next time you come on, something's going to happen. Something good. Let's, Let's fix Maybe this. Let's fix it. Okay. Right. Next time. You're the strike fixer. <laughs> Go throw your I weight around. I wish I had that kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. So we'll talk to you next month. Thank you. Planning a weekend on the couch? Streaming your favorite movie or a new show? Andy and Steve sort through it all so you only binge the best. It's the movie show streaming reviews on KSL News Radio. All right, Steve, it's time for our big streaming review sponsored by the Joshua Stern Team. Visit sternteam.com to learn your home's real value in 30 seconds. Just click sell. Then home evaluation, 30 seconds to find out your home's real value. That's the Joshua Stern team. All right, Steve, we got a few things. Let's talk first about uh, Love at First Sight from Netflix. We think we have some sound for that. On a typical day at John F. Kennedy Airport, there are thousands of people going hundreds of places. Excuse me. Sorry. My battery keeps dying. I'll borrow mine if you want. But today, a girl and a boy will meet. Sorry, I don't uh, share electronics till the third date. Okay. No, I suppose it is quite intimate. I suppose it's quite <laughs> So what we've got here is uh, a girl at an airport, Haley Lou Richardson, who's been in a bunch of different teen love, 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 love movies. Um, she misses her flight to her dad's wedding in London, meets this boy, Oliver, who's also flying to London, although I don't remember if he missed the flight, too, or if uh, he, no, was he was on the next one anyway. Yeah. I don't know. That's Now that I think about that, I wonder. At any rate, is it love at first sight? He's a statistics guy. He quotes statistics to her all the time. She's more the traditional thing. They connect. They have a great flight to London. Then they get separated. What are the odds of finding your one true love twice? <laughs> yeah, there's some, some moments of, of coincidence here that are staggeringly remarkable. But I, I love the dialogue. I thought it was a cute way to do this kind of a movie instead of oh you're so cute you know he was avoiding having emotional contact and and he covered it all by statistics and she was trying to break that barrier i I just thought it was so rapid i mean you know they just had known each other for a few hours and suddenly they're star-crossed lovers i thought that was a little strange but i i thought the whole the idea of the conversations i liked this is going to sound weird but you know, the reason he's going back to London is for something. And yet w- what comes out of that is actually quite remarkable. I thought they should do that all the time. Yes. That was cool. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and you'll see. It's it not what you think, but it's also not, not what you think. It's fun. We're deliberately leaving it a mystery because that is part of one of the cool parts of the story. Right. I, it's based on a book. I'm finding that more and more things that I'm enjoying are based on books. 
Um, I kind of wish sometimes we could get some more original screenplays, but we don't see too much of that anymore. But this one, uh, and I love Jamila Jamil, the narrator. That's who you heard, uh, the one with the posh British accent talking about. She was on The Good Place, uh, Tahani, and I think she's on one of the talent shows, America's Got Talent or something like that. Uh, she sort of played this Greek chorus sort of yes. feeling. She showed up everywhere. And no whenever one recognized she was needed, her. whenever she was needed, yeah. she popped up. But uh, it was a really emotional movie. Like I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. My wife even sat down and watched some of it with me, and she liked it. And she didn't even get to see all of it. And yeah. and it was clean. Like it's PG thirteen. But I was surprised that it was PG thirteen because I couldn't remember any specific thing that happened that would make it. Not just a PG movie. It might have been his idiot brother said something. Oh, that's true. It's possible they had some uh, they had some cussing, but uh, but it was I I really liked it. I was surprised. Uh, me too. I uh, really enjoyed it too. Okay, what else have we got for the streaming? We've got uh, a million miles away. Uh, this is a, a movie about a real life uh, astronaut. Well, he he was a fi- migrant farm worker. His name was uh, Jose Hernandez, and. Uh, he grew up in the San Joaquin Valley where I grew up, and so I, mean, I was, worked with these people. I used to prop peaches in, for Del Monte. and Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, the whole thing. They paid better than anybody else in town. You could go work for, you know, McDonald's, but the, you know, the, the, fruit the orchards were the place to work. Okay. And so this family, they traveled around Stockton, Los Banos, and, I mean, all these places that I knew. And they, you know, had to travel around. But the kid finally realized that they had a really smart kid. And by moving him from school to school, it was just ruining his life. It not, he said, the teacher said, it's like planting a tree and then uprooting it, planting it somewhere else. It'll live, but it won't be strong and it won't have. And I thought that was a cool analogy. And the teacher actually said, you've got to let this kid have a chance to grow. And that kind of opened their eyes. And they tried to stay in one place for a while so that he could get an education and ended up going to the University of the Pacific and uh, you know, working for the uh, uh, laboratories, NASA, and the whole thing. And this wow. is a true story. So, And he wanted to be an astronaut, and everybody kind of laughed at him. He's like, dude, you're a migrant farm worker. And, you know, the, the rest of the story is pretty cool. So, so what does the title A Million Miles Away refer to? Uh, well, it was um, it was actually written on top of his car in a weird, you know, it was just kind of a fancy. And I think maybe... You know, they were from Mexico. I think it was more of an, uh, they didn't go to Mars or anything. Right. That's my first thought was that he went to Mars, so he's a million miles away. But that's not the case. I think it, it's worlds apart. Oh, okay. It was okay. more of the idea here. And the thing I liked about it was it wasn't flamboyant. It was like, you know, like slow motion, you know, walking to the tarmac kind of stuff that you'd get like in a. Uh, you know. Oh, it's not like an Bruce, epic hero yeah. Armageddon kind yeah, of a exactly. thing. Yeah, exactly. Armageddon. Okay. That's the movie. I think it's it's just a slow paced. And you know, at one point he he gets a job at a laboratory. He's an engineer, and they go give him the keys like he's a janitor. You know, and he's like, I, I work here as an engineer. I'm not the janitor. Uh-huh. But it, it's also sweet, and the family part of it's it's sort of like a Blue Beetle feel there with the family, um, not you know superhero wise, but just. But it was low-key, and I actually appreciate it. Some critics I read they didn't care for it because it was so low-key, and I thought it actually added to its uh, appeal to, for me. So A Million Miles Away, that you can stream on? Uh, that one is on Prime Video. Okay, and we forgot to say Love at First Sight, just in case you missed it, is streaming on Netflix. And by the way, Miles Away is a PG. PG. Yeah. So, okay, these are things that you can watch uh, with your family, or you can have it on when your kids are around and you won't be subjected to stuff that they don't, you don't want them to hear. All right. 
Gustavo didn't have me turned up when I tried to talk too early, like I do every single week. I'll learn one of these times. It's time for the movie show Top Ten. <laughs> I'll get this eventually. Sponsored by Call Climate Services, our good friends at Call Climate Services who've been longtime friends of the movie show. Absolutely. And our top listener reviews. We actually have one that we'll get when we get through the top ten. So, Steve, let's start on the top ten. With the bottom? With the bottom of the top ten. And what a coincidence. Bottoms is number 10. I'm sorry, but this is hilarious. I don't care. You know, I thought this was. It's not for everybody, but for who it's for, it'll be super hilarious. But I think even, uh, maybe not. Uh, Just, it's funny as heck. And it's about two lesbians in high school that start a fight club. I mean, come on. And I mean, they're not it popular. sounds like it can't misprint. It is hilarious. All right, number But it's only made $8 million. Only $8 million in three weeks? Uh, No, it's. uh, Oh, yeah, three weeks. That isn't. Wait, no. That. Because it was only out on in a, it, was, it was only out in twelve hundred theaters, so maybe it was a staggered release. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number nine, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Yeah, good. I enjoyed that one as well. One hundred and sixty-two million worldwide, and it's got a sequel. Although it's going to be a while before we see it. Yep. Like that everything else. Cool animation style. If you haven't seen it, it's it looks kind of like a kind of like an oil painting, but a moving oil painting. Like, I kept thinking like a uh, Spider-Man multiverse kind of Into the Spider-Verse. It did have some similarities. And number eight, finally out of the top five after two months, Oppenheimer. Yeah, but it's closing in on $900 million worldwide. That's pretty amazing for that movie. And I liked it. I thought it was an entertaining history lesson. I thought it was a history lesson that was very chatty, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, number seven, Gran Turismo. Uh, sneaking up on a hundred million bucks based on a video game. Yeah, and uh, I enjoyed it too. Uh, and one of our listeners reviewed Gran Turismo. My wife and I watched Gran Turismo this week. She liked it, and I loved it. Besides the many great racing scenes, there was uh, good character development and a compelling story told around the real life Jan and his family. I love the great blend of special effects that emphasized the crossover from sim racing to actual racing. Just a personal note, I was the only one in the theater singing La Marseillaise in French uh, along with the crowd in the movie. I'm sure they loved that. He was, well, was, <laughs> he was by himself. Wait, was he the only one in the theater or was he the only one in the theater singing? That's Maybe a good question. Him, that was him and Lauren Bobbitt, Bobbert. <laughs> that was Did Kent. you hear what happened? Oh, yeah, she, she got, got thrown out, out of, of the, the, Beetlejuice, of the yeah. musical, yeah. Uh, so that was Kent in West Valley reviewing Grand Turismo. Kent, thank you. By the way, if you want to review a movie, uh, get yourself on the air like that. Call 801-575-7668 or the easiest way, join the Movie Show Club. at five. Text the word movie to 57500, and then you'll get notified of like in the middle of the week when you can remember and you can have a chance to be on the movie show just like Kent. All right, Steve, so that was number six, right? That was seven. That was number seven. Number six is Blue Beetle. Yeah. Uh, This is at $114 million after four weeks. Uh, This this was a great little film. We both liked it. Yeah. Uh, Superhero, yes, but uh, a superhero you've never heard of, so you can actually go in without the weight of any expectations, and you can just have fun. And the family was uh, really important in this instead of just all a bunch of superheroes. Yeah, it's not just a bunch of people flexing. Right. Uh, We've got number five. This is the lowest it's been in the two months that it's out. Barbie. 
1.4 billion. So she's not. We're not worried for Barbie. She's, she's struggling. It took it took two months, but Barbie is finally down to number five in the movie show top ten. 1.4 billion. That's billion. A lot of money. That is a lot of money. Uh, we both liked it. But everyone has an opinion on Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> so it is all over don't, the place. Don't see it because we liked it or whatever. Just go see it and then decide what you think. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got number four, Jawan. Yeah, we this, haven't talked about this one because this one's a, a this is Bollywood, right? Well, technically, it's because there was the music. Action. Bollywood is yeah, right, no, but there was some in it, wasn't there? Um, I, it's you know, it's one of those movies where uh, I'm going to seek revenge. But my goodness, these movies, these movies from India, they do not cheat you on time. Two hours. And 49 minutes. Ooh. And that's one of the shorter ones. <laughs> so that, that gets you your money's worth. You're going to yeah. get to see a lot You're of You're going to get a lot of Jawan. Okay. So number three, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. It debuted at number three. Uh, 13 domestic, three foreign for a total of 16. Steve and I were a little split on this one. I think I liked it more than you did. And I had... Rather have my teeth pulled out. Uh, so Steve did not like it at all, and I thought it was it was kind of comfort food. It was what it I was. wanted. I wanted to like it, but uh, it just kept no. And it doesn't look like tons of people went to see it because it didn't even debut at number one. Number two, The Equalizer three in its second week, it hold on, it held on to the top two spot. Yeah, it's made one hundred and ten million dollars in two weeks uh, worldwide. So. Way to go, Denzel. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was I thought it was a fine action movie, but I hadn't seen the first two Equalizers, so there wasn't anything particular that I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And it was pretty bloody when it was bloody. It was bloodier than the other two. All right, so that's the Equalizer 3 at number two. And then at number one for... See, I told you. You were right. You picked it. The Nun 2. 38 domestic, 56 foreign. It's about to go over $100 million in one week. And... It didn't even make as much money as the first Nun movie. This is part of the Conjuring universe of horror movies. Now, how many they got? Like nine? Uh, seven. I think. Seven. And we're going to get a Nun 3 guaranteed if Nun 2 makes $100 million in its first weekend. I actually thought this one, this Nun, was better than the first Nun. So. So. None such. Sorry, none, I was trying to think of a word none, and that's all that came out. That, that n- doesn't work. None of your business. None of your business. That'll be the next one. All right, so that is the Movie Show Top 10, sponsored by Call Climate Services. We've been having a great time reading your texts that you've been sending in today of your favorite mystery movie in honor of A Haunting in Venice, the Poirot mystery movie. Uh, so we've had uh, – we, we, our, our texts have dropped off a little bit because we haven't reminded the listeners who've come on since the beginning. No Sixth Sense in there? Uh, there were actually a couple of votes for Sixth Sense. How about uh, Silence of the Lambs? No Silence of the Lambs. You're the only one pushing that one. Well, uh, Fire in the Sky. It, have you seen that one? Oh, yeah. Is that a mystery? Uh, well, it's a UFO thingy. Oh, okay. Here's someone that says Radius was an interesting mystery. Radius? I'm going to have to look that one up. Uh, let's see. So I married an axe murderer. Oh. Yes, that was a mystery. I love that movie. Harriet, sweet Harriet. Now here's one, since we've been talking about Poirot. Someone has voted the 1977 Death on the Nile with Peter Ustinov, Mia Farrow, Angela Lansbury, Maggie Smith, Betty Davis. Best mystery movie. Is that Doug Wright? <laughs> they didn't sign it, but that number does look that, awful familiar. That screams Doug. And then Wait Until Dark with Audrey Hepburn where she's blind. Yeah, somebody. That was the first one you mentioned. Oh, that means that means we've got a second vote for Wait Until Dark. Uh, an A and E movie gets a vote. Murder in a Small Town. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one or even heard of it. No. Now you see me, the magician movie. Oh, that was a mystery. Yeah. 
All right, so keep them coming. 57500, your favorite mystery movie, because it's been interesting to see what people consider a mystery Nobody's movie. mentioned the second uh, Knives Out movie, which was... Well, they oh, said the Knives Glass Out Onion. 1. Well, Maybe Glass. they're saying the Knives Out franchise. Here's one. Did you like Knives Out 1 or 2 better? Oh, 1 by far. Okay, okay. No? No, no, I'm just saying. I, I, I probably would agree with you, especially because it was so refreshing and kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. But I thought the second one was pretty solid, too. And I'm looking forward to some more Benoit Blanc. With <laughs> Yeah. They're going to make him. He, ha- he has Maybe. improved his accent, Daniel Craig, since uh, uh, the one where they try to rob the NASCAR race. Oh, the Lucky? <laughs> yeah. Something. Lucky something. Logan Lucky. Lo- yeah. Yes, with Channing That was Tatum. actually pretty good. I it like was, that. but <laughs> his that was the first time his I think he tried to do accent. a southern accent. Yeah. Joe Bang was his name. <laughs> Joe Bang. <laughs> All right, 57500, text us your favorite movie or join the Movie Show Club by texting the word MOVIE to 57500. It's the world-famous KSL Movie Show on KSL News Radio. Okay, final segment for the second hour of the Movie Show. Steve, time just goes so darn quick on this show. I know. All right, but we got a couple movies we want to talk about before we hit top of the hour here. So let's talk about, we, we had to move El Conde to this segment. So let's talk about El Conde really quick from Netflix. Okay. Oh, go ahead and play the clip, if you've got one. Yo no quiero vivir 250 años más. Porque me trataron de ladrón. Okay, Gustavo, you got to translate for us. Good luck. He doesn't want to live that long anymore. That is true. Okay. So this is El Conde on Netflix. And who are we talking about? We are talking about the infamous Chilean dictator, Augusto Pinochet. By the way, infamous in a different way than the infamous movie show, I hope. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, he, was, he was a dictator, no question about it. And, uh, but where did he come from? And why was he there? I mean, he goes back to... He so was, this is not a documentary. No. <laughs> he was there when uh, Marie Antoinette sort of lost her wits about her. In oh. fact, he was so enamored, he everybody left and left the head in the basket, and so he grabbed it and took it home with him. You'd why would that, why would Pinochet take a head home with him? Because it turns out that he is a vampire. Oh, and so well, that as, makes a little more sense. As time went on, he finally moved to. I mean, there's the whole backstory about him moving to Argentina and you know, going through the ranks as a soldado, and and now he's but he's still got Marie's head in a jar somewhere. Uh, and he becomes, you know, wealthy, what? and he's got these kids and, you know, a wife. Uh, and then, you know, he doesn't want to do it anymore. I mean, he doesn't. So he fakes his death like two or three times. So every he has to, like, lay there in the coffin, <laughs> you know, and it's a glass one. And everybody's like, oh, El Presidente, what have we done? And he's, like, trying to pretend like he's asleep. <laughs> okay. So, so it's that's, definitely a comedy. That part of it is funny. But, man, the dude. Uh, he talks about different kinds of blood. He says, oh, European blood is so good. South American blood, not so good. And if it's recently dead, much better. If it's been dead for Th- a while. This is not selling me on watching uh, this movie. Uh, well, I, yeah, I'm not trying to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a great job. <laughs> uh, and this is a Netflix movie. It's black and white uh, for 99% of it, and then it comes out in color at the end for some strange reason. Uh, but he's a, a 250-year-old vampire who's had enough. He wants to die but does he really? And who shows up to try to help him make the decision is probably the other 
part of the comedy. It's somebody quite famous, and uh, it's very funny. And how long is the movie? Uh, it's uh, just, mm, how long was that movie? It was a couple hours. Uh, eh, it doesn't sound like Black good. and white, Netflix, El Conde, which what means is The Count. I was about to ask what that meant. Okay, so that's El Conde. Now, let's talk about the movie Cassandro. My papa introduced me to Lucha Libre. He took me to a few matches. You don't see him no more? But I've been doing real fights since a couple of years ago. You ever thought about being an exotico? They don't let exoticos win. I want to flip it. Things are going to be a little different tonight. This guy right here is an exotico. Stop wasting my time. I'm pushing things. The other wrestlers think you're getting too big. I like you better when you're just a regular luchador. So luchadoring is a big deal in uh, in Latin American countries. And uh, Gail Garcia Bernal plays uh, Cassandro. Originally is El Topo, but it, it's funny because, uh, you know, he's uh, he's gay, but you know, he tries to, you know, be a regular luchador. And yet the luchador, they they shun, you know. But then they have another group called the Exoticos, which are the ones that are, you know, kind of flamboyant okay. luchadors. And, but they always lose. They, you know, they always get... They're the Washington generals they of, are of, the, of wrestling in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he says, hey, how about we have him win? You know, like, oh, nobody will go for that. But they do. And the audiences love it. And so he becomes Cassandro, a big, huge star. And this is based on a real story. Uh, this guy really existed. And the so, Liberace of Luchador. Yeah, and he's so flamboyant, but he's cool about it. You know, the, the audiences are in on the joke. You know, it's all very funny. And, you know, as he's k- kicking the guy in the tail. And so it's just a kind of a goofy uh, movie. But I do love Gail Garcia Bernal is the reason to see this film. He's just so good at everything he does. And this is on streaming? Uh, Cassandro is actually playing at the Broadway, I believe. Oh, it's coming to streaming in a few weeks. But uh, Yes, one, actually. But it is in theaters right now. It is at the, uh, where, where did I lose at it? At the Broadway, I believe you're right. It yeah, was Cassandro, the there it is, at the Broadway. And then on the 22nd, it goes to Netflix. So that one's called Cassandro. Cassandro. And, it is you rated know, the R. The thing about wrestling is you, the more flamboyant you are, that's the more entertaining that it gets. Exactly. So it's, it's funny that it took them that long to kind of figure that out out as far well as they, they could be in the wrestling but they'd always lose and they uh, weren't they weren't oh yeah. they didn't get the chance to be the hero right oh okay okay and wrestling? then it didn't wow, become that popular until he actually was was huge and then yeah okay so that one is called cassandro and that one's rated r yeah yes sir oh okay <laughs> it's the ksl movie show the end is inevitable the kind is headed for extinction maybe so sir but not today the week's big movie review games and prizes here's andy farnsworth and steve sales right now we are being so unoffensive we might as well be a hallmark christmas movie you know what i'm saying on ksl news radio 102.7 fm at 11:60 a.m all right steve final hour of the movie show and we have just had a blast so far uh we, during this hour of course we've still got uh, telephone torture to come not now don't start calling now but just remember, uh, it will be a football movie theme. Mm. And we eliminated Remember the Titans already yes, because we, we used it a couple of weeks ago for our Denzel segment. But we still have a couple more movies to talk about. Uh, we also have been taking your texts, 57500 of your favorite mystery movie. Um, we have, uh, here's one, Concussion with Will Smith. I mean, I guess that's technically a mystery movie. Yeah, yeah why not? Um, it was more about... Oh, maybe they're trying to guess the football movie. 
Oh, <laughs> they're trying to get their guests in early. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Considering the budget for this mystery film, I vote for Watcher in the Woods, this texture says. Yeah. That one scared the tar out of my mom. She would never watch it again after she saw it the first time. Yeah. That was a Disney movie, wasn't it? I can't remember. I feel like it was. I'm sure our Disney fans will jump in. Uh, here's one. I don't know if it's my favorite, but I really enjoyed The Man Who Knew Too Little with Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. That was funny. Would you? Con- I don't know if... I don't know if I personally would consider that one a mystery because everybody knows what's going on except Bill Murray. Well, the mystery to him. Uh, let's see. Another vote for Clue. I can't disagree with that. The Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, everybody. <laughs> Madeline Kahn has some great lines in that movie. Uh, my kids even thought that was funny. Leslie even Ann Warren. Was she Leslie Ann Warren, I believe, was uh, Miss Scarlet. Uh, I want to say that Madeline Kahn was Mrs. White. I don't remember. Not Peacock? Angela Lansbury was oh, that's was Peacock, I think. But yes, that one's a good one. A Shot in the Dark and the first four Pink Panther movies. Ooh, now we're talking. Peter Sellers. Oh, A Shot in the Dark is so funny. The, the scene where <laughs> he goes through the nudist colony. <laughs> in the 1960s, you're totally safe. But this is the first one that originated the sight gags of him just happening to walk past different plants oh, and yeah, props. Because yeah, yeah. it's all one take as he walks through. And they managed to shoot him without showing any nudity that's as he walks clever. through the nudist camp. Yeah. So that's a good one. And uh, let's see. Oh, there's another vote for the original Clue. I heard they're having a remake of Clue. Have you heard that? I have not. The Haunting of Hill House. Ooh. I don't know that one. Another vote for Enola. What is Enola? Oh, the uh, Nola Holmes? Oh, maybe. Actually, if you texted us Enola, text us back. Oh, you voted twice. It's the same vote for Enola twice. Uh, if you texted us Enola, t- are we talking the Enola Holmes movies on Netflix, be. or is it a different movie that we... can't uh, be the Enola gay. That's not a mystery. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Didn't we see Oppenheimer earlier? That Are you going to put Oppenheimer? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, well, Steve, let's review another movie. How about Camp Hideout? He's had a lot to overcome in his life. Stop that kid! A little punk! You know what the judge said after your last arrest. Last chance, blah, 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 whatever. That juvenile delinquent has been nothing but trouble since he got here. You stole a magical video game from a bunch of gangsters? So a troubled teen named Noah goes to a church camp as a condition of his legal probation, but he accidentally takes with him an item that a couple of bad guys want. So while Noah tries to keep all the other campers at arm's length, because, of course, he is a troubled teen after all, and that's what troubled teens do is they don't let anybody in, in movies anyway. (laughs) Well, he played this up way too long. (laughs) Right? But they all try to rally around him because they're all sweet kids and it's a church camp, but also he ends up with some surprise support from grumpy camp owner Christopher Lloyd. Yes, you heard Doc Brown in that clip. And then eventually the two bad guys come to camp to find the MacGuffin. And that's where it becomes Outdoor Home Alone. (laughs) Outdoor Home Alone. All right, Steve, give me your thoughts. Well, the first one I had was that Noah, the kid, I mean, he was a good, bad kid for, you know, play it for 45 minutes. It was an hour and 13 minutes before he finally, oh, wait a minute, maybe I should be nice to somebody. So that that took too long. I thought, and but also I, for some reason, when they make a camp movie, I set the bar so low that actually if something it's easy to exceed. Yeah, well, yeah. If it, if it even remotely has something interesting in it, I light up. So it's like I think I'm like your kids. They enjoyed this movie. 
Oh, they had a did. blast. They were laughing. They were, and you know, it, it does. When, when the bad guys come to camp, it does essentially turn into Home Alone. Yeah, complete with like all the booby traps. Yeah, and that's okay. Again, ki- this movie is for kids, no question. It's rated PG. For me, the things that kind of caught my eye first that that surprised me a little bit is it was a church camp that makes no mention of church or God until well, like the very end of the movie. By the almost. way, when you said church camp, I thought well, there there is kind of that. Wooden cross. There's in the a corner. big giant wooden cross. It says it has scriptures from the Bible written all over the place on all the signs. That's what I'm saying. Like it was church. I didn't camp. even get that. And though. on the bus and everything. That's what I'm saying. It's a church camp that they don't have any actual mention of church or God until like way later in the movie. Now they don't deliberately ignore it. Although the egregious parts when the camp counselor, like this was exactly when the camp counselor would have said, and maybe if you're willing to. Let somebody else in. You, you know, you'll you'll learn to rely on. And usually, you'd hear like rely on God, and he's like rely on your friends to get you through the difficult times. And I thought he's literally standing next to a giant wooden cross as he's saying this. But it does eventually get to that. But um, and, and maybe they did that just so that people would have more fun with the Home Alone aspect, and not you know if there's a group that doesn't want. I don't know. Uh, actually, but you know my favorite. They didn't two, avoid it, but they certainly didn't lean into it either. The two little girls. That the were paintball champs. They were my favorite things about that movie. They were so good. At, I mean, they had everything figured out. They knew exactly what to do. Uh, they were, you know, professional little assassins. They were hilarious. They were. That was pretty funny. So uh, it, you know, it, it is definitely for kids, but it is completely safe for kids. It's enjoyable. And my kids were thrilled that it seems as if it is setting up a sequel. Camp Hideout 2. Yes. Camping Boogaloo or something. I don't know if that's going to be the I title. actually wrote at the very end, oh, Christian Twist. <laughs> See? It was a church camp the whole time. I did and not even. one of the counselors was a guy that my kids are is that is he in High School Musical, the the one, the cool camp counselor with the guitar? Oh. He was in High School Musical. Wow. We, we looked that up as we were watching the movie. But Christopher Lloyd, you know, it's, uh, again, it's safe. It's family friendly. And honestly, if you have little kids... This is a totally fun outing to the theater. They would have a great time. Get some popcorn, and they'll they'll love you. Yeah, it's a Megaplex theater movie, so go. Yeah, so that is Camp Hideout. It is rated PG, and it is playing at the Megaplex theaters. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, we didn't get a chance in our earlier segment on streaming, so let's just take a quick sec, and I want to talk about uh, The Morning Show on Apple TV+. Plus. A third season premiered this week. This was Apple TV Plus's first show that they ever had. Uh, when they first really debuted the streaming service back in 2019. Uh, it stars Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. The plot initially, is, as if you were listening to the show earlier, uh, essentially the Today Show or Good Morning America, it, it's a fictional show on a fictional network, but it's that. It's the national morning news show. Right. And the series begins with Steve Carell's character, who uh, is basically Matt Lauer, um, gets fired for harassment and then... It's how does everybody else deal with that? And then how does he deal with that? And, like, it was a fascinating thing that you couldn't ever do in, like, you couldn't ever interview real people that this had happened to. But it's an interesting way to tell a story where you kind of get the look behind the scenes. Well, now we're two seasons later, and there are some wild right and left turns by characters that seem to come out of nowhere, particularly Reese Witherspoon's in season two. But it's soap opera-y. It is so soap opera-y. And I get totally hooked. <laughs> I, like, I'm totally hooked on the stupid show. It is very saucy language-wise, um, but 
this like this winning season, time saucy or uh, no no not so much mostly just language and situational stuff like some really dark stuff happens to people uh, but it really is an interesting way to you know look at some topics that are hard to discuss you know the way we've become so fractured societally it's it's just an interesting way where you can watch a show where it isn't about anybody specific even though like law and order it's pretty obvious <laughs> what story they're emulating yeah. but just gives you a chance to kind of look at it and consider some stuff you might not have considered otherwise if it was, say, a documentary. Well, maybe but I'll give it another shot, but after the Lauer stuff, I said, eh, no, I really don't want to see this. Well, I, yeah, okay, but I, it is addictive. I'll just warn you, it may hook you immediately. Okay. So that is season three of uh, The Morning Show. Two episodes have dropped, and then they'll go weekly, I think on Wednesdays, on Apple TV+. Plus. The KSL Movie Show. <laughs> Telephone Torture. All right, it's time for Telephone Torture, where we make you earn awesome prizes. Because That's the we torture. Have awesome prizes. Oh, there's a lot of torture. The torture is, hey, what if you're not one of the four callers that we're going to ask a question to? What if somebody gets it right before you're the next caller? What if you texted in the right answer and someone miraculously gets it? What if you say Star Wars? What if you say Star Wars when we're looking for a baseball movie? <laughs> There's Maybe a they lot thought of the lightsaber could be a like a bat, kind of. Well, it would cut the ball in half, wouldn't it? Uh, well, I would think so, unless it was like a laser ball. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd okay, alert. so Telephone Torture, sponsored by Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. We have an awesome prize package yes, today. Jeff too. at the Megaplex. Jeff the Whipple has been treating us so well this month. Steve, what... We've got the usual thing. Everybody knows about the usual thing. Traditional Megaplex plan, two theater tickets, two yeah. popcorns, and two Cokes. Right. But, but I didn't know that, like, tomorrow, by the way, is Batman Day. Is that a thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. So tomorrow, two theaters, the Jordan Commons in Sandy and the District, one of the prize offers is two tickets to see Batman Begins, two tickets to see The Dark Knight, and two tickets to see The Dark Knight Rises, all three movies. All three movies will have drinks and popcorn available, but that's only for tomorrow. So so this is one of your prize options today. You can't say, oh, well, maybe I'll do that in a couple of weeks. This is tomorrow. You win this and you choose that prize. you got to go tomorrow. The other option is two Taylor Swift era, era's concert tickets for two. Uh, that actually starts on October 13th. You get the two tickets to Taylor Swift. The two, uh, oh, two popcorns and two soft drinks. So we should have told Virginia Pierce about this. She may have stuck around. Maybe. So those are prizes that she you knows, can choose she today. She knows Blake, though. She's covered. <laughs> That's probably true. So you can either win tickets to Taylor Swift's Eras Tour and you get free popcorn and drinks, or you can see the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight trilogy right. tomorrow. Tomorrow. For two people. That's on Batman Day. I mean, that's like... That's prices worth up to multiple dollars. Well, right there's there. even another package, the Megaplex Classic Series. You get four tickets for that. Oh, that's right. Ten so, movies. Yeah, ten movies or the traditional. So there's four options here. All right. So well, let's get to it. So the the theme is a football movie. So Gustavo, the number that well, I I didn't give out the number. I probably should have done that. But I think our regulars are probably already filling up the line. So if you're behind, eight zero one five seven five talk. 801-575-8255. We're going to take four callers, and if they don't get the answer, text us the answer, 57500, once you think you know it. Because if we don't have a caller who wins, we'll take the first correct answer on the text line. Anybody guess prematurely? Uh, I, I'm, I'm really thinking that that, that that concussion was the guess. 
Oh. But we'll see. All We've right. got to hear the questions. All right. Uh, here's the first question. Do we have a potential victim slash winner on the line? Kent. Yes. Kent, are you the one who reviewed Gran Turismo earlier? Uh, no, but it's a different Kent. I rarely hear that name besides mine. So different was... Kent, but same yeah. movie show. All right, Kent, you ready? Are you a football fan? you think you know this? I'm a, I'm a movie fan. Movie fan. I love it. Okay, this is yeah. a, here's your first clue. This is a football movie that not everybody immediately thinks of as a football movie. But it did feature a scene filmed at an actual Monday night football game with players on the field. Oh. All right, Kent. Three, two, one. What do you guess? Boy, you, you stumped me there. Uh, I'm going to say draft day because I can't think of anything. Draft that day. Your, Gustavo, yeah. is that the guy? Is that correct? Oh, no, Kent, but that's a good guess. So draft day is not the correct answer. All right, question number two. Do we have potential winner slash victim number two? Who do we have here? Bryce, are you ready? Yes. Okay, Bryce. This football movie was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Actor. However, its only win was for Best Supporting Actor. Ooh. I'm a Western guy. I'm going to have to go with The Replacements. The Replacements. I love that and, movie. All right, Gustavo, is that correct? You're killing me, Smalls. Oh, a great guess. But I will say this. The Replacements was nominated for zero Academy Awards. <laughs> yeah. But that's a great guess, Although Bryce. Shane Falco, come on, man. That guy. He's legendary. Could lead my team. Okay. Question number three, victim, potential victim number three. Mike, are you ready? I am. Okay, do you think you know the answer before I ask you question number three, first of all? I don't. <laughs> I'm in trouble. Uh-oh, okay. Here we go. This movie and its Academy Award-nominated original screenplay is based loosely on the life of sports agent Lee Steinberg. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a turn. Um, the whole nine yards. The whole nine yards. Is that correct? Wrong. Oh, nice guess. The whole nine yards actually isn't a football movie, so I can see why you would guess that. But that was with, uh, I believe, Matthew Perry and yeah, Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis yeah. That was a hitman movie. But that was a good guess. Okay. Question number four. This one, you're going to get it. I'm sure that this listener is going to get it. I'm just sure. We, we've had a couple of texts already. That are uh, not correct. Ooh. So here we go. Who is it? Vicky. Vicky, I know you're going to get this. Are you ready? Oh, we have had a correct yep, answer texted in. So, all right, Vicky. This football movie had a catchphrase so memorable, it's number 25 on the American Film Institute's 100 best movie lines of all time. And that catchphrase is Show me the money! It also had the line endlessly quoted in the 90s, you had me at hello. Oh, come on, Vic. You got this. Oh, yes, I do. I do. I do. Um, Three, uh, two, two, one. 
What's your guess? Uh, I know it's wrong, but Brian Song. Brian not. Song. Is that correct, Gustavo? Oh, Vicky. I love all That is a movies. great sign. Those are all great football movies. I'm sorry, Vicky, that is incorrect. So, Steve, we've got a winner on the text line today. Hmm. And what is the answer to our movie? What is the line? Gustavo, you don't happen to have Show Me the Money somehow like saved on the computer somewhere so we could play that line. I can find it. <laughs> ah, now don't worry about it. Okay, so we I, I got, would have thought Sports Agent would have given it That's away. what I thought would have, but... The answer, of course, is Jerry Maguire. Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., who actually won the Oscar as the uh, Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Rod Tidwell. I think it's one of the greatest date movies ever because it can make the guy and the girl of just about any kind happy. You've got a great love story with Renee Zellweger. You've got the cutest little kid, Jonathan Lipnicki. And you've got sports. And we sports had him agent. on the movie show one year. You did? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Not right after Jerry Maguire. He years later but, uh, but still he like, probably isn't as cute as he like was 20. as a little kid <laughs> what do you guys want yeah oh. eight pounds whatever some good guesses we had uh blindside the last boy scout oh nice boy scout Ooh. good guess i hadn't thought of that one uh, but jerry Maguire is the correct answer and so congratulations uh let's see who's our first jerry Maguire? there it is if your uh, phone number ends in 0144, we will text you, um, and we'll get uh, your information so you can choose which prize pack you want uh, for tomorrow from our good friends at the Larry H. Miller Megaplex Theaters. Steve? It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. On KSL News Radio. All right. We are down to the final half hour of the movie show. What? We had our winner. Well, by the way, uh, Gustavo, who was our winner? Did we get a name? Not yet. Clara Not yet. Bart. We're still working. <laughs> Clara Bart. We did have a winner, and we're looking forward to seeing what they picked. Uh, they guessed correctly that uh, Jerry Maguire is the football movie uh, that had Show Me the Money and also You Had Me at Hello. Yeah, maybe you should have led with that. I don't know. Eh, well, now I'm feeling like maybe I should have led with that. But, it's just uh, mean. Your questions were mean. But, hey, we had a lot of people text in the correct answer, probably because they had the Internet. And once you said show me the money or sports agent, I thought for sure the sports agent would say. I thought that would, too. But to Monday Night Football, I don't know. But Jerry Maguire is also one of my favorite movies, so I probably have it fresher on the mind in general than maybe a lot of people do. But yeah. that's all right. That's the fun of telephone torture, and that's why it's called torture. Well, that's why it's called torture now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Steve, let's review another movie. This okay. is one that you almost have to see to believe, and it's called Outlaw Johnny Black. Yeah. My name is Johnny Black. I am no gentleman, and I am no preacher. I thought I would join you for birth for hallelujah. That man is not what he pretends to be. Didn't the Bible say to turn the other cheek? I don't know. I mean, probably. Yeah. But it also said you could hit a bully with a slingshot, and this is mine. I'm crack shot, Mom. Well, now you just shot. <laughs> so... First of all, it helps to know going in that Outlaw Johnny Black is a comedy. It's a Western comedy starring Michael Jai White. But they don't do it that way. No. Well, you'll figure it out pretty quick, even if you don't know. But How far did I, before I wrote, are they messing with me? <laughs> I wrote, I wrote uh, oh, the Billy Jack moment was one of my other favorites. Okay. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to get in the weeds here. No, but. no, that's okay. But Michael Jai White plays an outlaw named Johnny Black, as the title would indicate. He's consumed with getting revenge on the man who shot his father when Johnny was a kid. 
But he also takes advantage of an opportunity to impersonate a preacher so he can steal the congregation's money. That's why the joke in the clip that you heard was, uh, doesn't the Bible say you're in the other cheek? I don't know. <laughs> Wait, yeah. No, yeah, it does. Well, wasn't his dad a preacher? Oh, his, yeah, his dad was a preacher, preacher, yeah. So you'd think you'd know some of this stuff. Right, and that's part of the comedy. But uh, for me... I had no idea. Like, you told me about it, and then when I started watching it, I thought it was a regular Western, but he's doing, like, karate kicks with cowboy boots on the guys that he's going to fight at the beginning no, of the movie. No, he even told the guy, I'm going to put this foot on that side of your head. And I go, oh, that's Billy Jack right there. Well, that's a Billy Jack moment. What's Billy Jack? I'm sorry, what? Uh, the greatest Western of all time? Billy Jack? Well, it's a modern day. First of all, it can't be the greatest Western of all time if I've never heard of it. Billy Jack. It could it on be your, your favorite. Put Billy it on your Jack. list. Oh, it's just funny. Okay. Well, for me, I actually thought as I was watching it, and then there's one specific thing that really kind of cemented the connection for me, is I felt like Outlaw Johnny Black was somewhere between Blazing Saddles because there's some very – they were do, they're doing stuff in this movie that I'm like, I didn't think you could do this in movies anymore. Or say that. Or say that. Um, and so – I thought that's before I figured out it was a comedy. I was like, I don't know what I'm watching here. But then once I figured out it was a comedy, then I started laughing. Then I started laughing uproariously at some things. And here's the surprise for a movie that could easily have gone into R-rated territory. And uh, some people have said it's kind of a sequel to the the movie Black Dynamite. That's kind of a cult favorite for mm -hmm. a lot of people. I it stayed in the PG-13 range. Hardly oh. any cuss words. Uh, the violence is almost done comedically, and I, and I just laughed. Like it's good with comedies. Look, I don't want what to. What if you were Native American? How, well, what no, would they your impression probably be, wouldn't uh... laugh so much. But that's what I say. That that's where it kind of falls into the blazing sounds. But it's somewhere between that and a Key and Peele sketch because <laughs> they just they do the things that the, that's the type of humor that you'd see in Key and Peele. But it's also because of the western and they. They play with a lot of stereotypes, and, and they just they don't, they don't take themselves seriously for most of the movie. And then all of a sudden, they seem like they're taking themselves seriously. Yeah, that's what threw me off a little bit. But I just thought it was funny, and it was a comedy all the way through. And, and how long was the through? Okay. Come on. How about you give me your thoughts, because you can throw that in. Because you were right, well, no. but you thought of it first, and so I want to give you the credit. Well, I just kept going, man, this movie is never going to end. It's two hours and 12 minutes long. How do you make a Western that's two hours and 12 minutes long, unless it's The Unforgiven or something. I, I thought that... Yeah, I wasn't trying to tell some deep story. No. Uh, and some of it was very funny, but man, I'm telling you, if I was Native American, I would set back our our love for the, the white man or anybody by uh, 50 years, maybe 100. Yeah, they go back to some old movie stereotypes. Yeah. And very, I like, wow. Although I think they're trying to get around the offensiveness by like being like over the top, kind of. And, I mean, I just, I'm not saying that you, you may or may not like it, but, I mean, one of the kids is so white, he's almost pale. Like, that's why I think they just like, look, like look a beach you're going to look at this and you're going to be like, no way that that's a Native American. So once you get on board with the, and, and just let the Yeah, once you realize the that they're like going slide. for, I, they're making fun of, I think they're making fun of old Western movies. Because you said it's like a class between black exploitation and, and a spaghetti Western. So, I mean, you're going the back to that you know, era. when they did that close-up stuff. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So if you, as long as you go in knowing it's a comedy, you might really enjoy it. I laughed a lot, but I also had zero expectations going in. So. I got a kick out of it. I liked Michael Jai White. I thought he was a great, 
He was. He's really buff. And, he's a dude. And yeah. the the ladies <laughs> took. But notice. when you're wearing leather and a cowboy and all the guns, and he's kicking guys in the face, like, come on, how are you doing that? That's funny. Yeah. But also, honestly, honestly, part of the resolution of the movie, I thought was actually genuinely decent. Like some of the the way his character evolved by the end, I thought was pretty decent. So that is called Outlaw Johnny Black. It is rated PG thirteen, and it's playing. I had it rated multiple. R. It's actually PG thirteen. No kidding. It really is. And it's playing at the Megaplex Theater? It's playing at the Megaplex Theaters, yeah. So that's Outlawed Johnny Black. Very funny. Maybe it's not your cup of tea, but I laugh pretty hard. All right. The Movie Show. Spock, you haven't changed a bit. You're just as warm and sociable as ever. No, have you, Doctor? As your continued predilection for irrelevancy demonstrates. On KSL News Radio. All right, Steve, final segment of the movie show, and it is time for Rapid Fire. Before we get it started, though, we'll take a few more texts. If you want to send in what is your favorite mystery movie, 57500. Uh, we've got 10 more minutes where you can shoot us a text and tell us what you like. Uh, I have to sort through all the la- the Jerry Maguire answers from once people figured out the answer to telephone torture. <laughs> well, it's Here's, one. Here's one I haven't heard before, The Skeleton Key. Do you remember that one? Yes. And it had, um, oh, she was in... Uh, Dakota Fanning? Or? No, no, no. It was um, Hudson. Kate oh, Hudson. Kate Hudson. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I, Robot is my favorite mystery movie, the Ooh. Isaac Asimov one. Uh, Vanishing Act from 1986 featuring Mike Farrell. Wow. Didn't know that one. Uh, let's see. Charade or North by Northwest. That's a good one. Uh, let's see. I saw, I saw another one up there, but maybe then they texted in Jerry Maguire afterward and it made theirs disappear. Uh, let's see. Oh, hey, we've got somebody who texted in. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is about telephone torture. Do the people that call in actually go to movies? I had it at Monday Night Football. Oh. Good. Whoever you are, you're someone who's after in. my own heart. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give out the phone number earlier next time. <laughs> All right, Steve, so rapid fire. That's where we go over everything that we've talked about on the show for those of you who weren't able to listen uh, to all three hours today. And remember, if you missed the show or you missed a portion that you want to hear, you can always go to kslpodcasts.com or kslnewsradio.com hmm. and click on podcasts and then just scroll down the page and the movie show, it's working its way up closer to the top. Is it really? A little bit. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. The more downloads, the more it'll appear further up. So uh, we love to see that, which means that uh, you're listening. So rapid fire, Steve. Top movie of the day, A Haunting in Venice. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the film. I'm just not sure who the audience is going to be for it. It's an Ag- Agatha Christie movie uh, story, and yet... Uh, haunting is going to throw off some of the older audience members who don't want to see a horror film. So the audience is exactly who you'd think it'd be for, but the way they've marketed it seems to have not and I played s- up to them. I agree, and but I, I think the horror part of it is downplay- is should be downplayed. Yeah. Maybe not call it the a Haunting in Venice. Maybe the title. I mean, the original was, title was called Halloween Party. Yeah, that doesn't work either. That <laughs> Somewhere in the dumb. middle, Mr. Branagh. Yeah, and I, I, I enjoyed it, but I also felt like... Format-wise, it was essentially a Scooby-Doo episode where you had something scary, but really it was a mystery, and once you solved the mystery... It wasn't scary anymore? Rut-row! <laughs> Rut-row! I was just trying to do Poirot with... But it sounds like Rut-row, which is what scooby Doo said. Okay. I tried to talk you out of that, but <laughs> no. It didn't land. Darn it, I thought it might be funny. Uh, B+, plus, it's PG-13. Uh, Venice, come on. It's gorgeous. It is. All right, Cassandro. Cassandro. Uh, if you like Gail Garcia Bernal, this is about a... Garcia. Stop 
doing the. It's not Barcelona. That's how they say it. Barcelona. It's not Spanish. It's it's Spanish, but not from Spain. Oh, okay. He's not from Spain. No, Mexico. He's oh, Mexico. okay. Yeah. Gustavo, make sure. All right. Okay. So he plays a luchador, which is a wrestler, you know, with a mask thing, like uh, you know Jack Black did. Um, and it's actually it's a pretty decent film. It's based on a true story, and it is rated R because you know they make fun of the poor luchador who's looks like Liberace. So and it's playing at the Broadway. It's the Broadway, and I did not get to see. Next that. week it'll be on Netflix. Okay, uh, Prime Video actually, isn't it? Uh, Cassandro is on. No, no, Netflix. It is Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we have Camp Hideout, which uh, totally for kids. I did see this one. Christopher Lloyd owns a church camp, and every it's time you say church camp, it throws me it off. It is a church camp, and they. It is the tamest church the camp ever. Lowest key church camp of ever, but it is kind of home alone at a at a summer camp. Yeah, it's exactly what it is, and the kids will love it. And the, the one kid took too long to not be a jerk. All right, then we've got Outlaw Johnny Black, which I thought was hilarious. It's too long. Uh, it is rated PG-13, so that maybe will get a few more people to see it. But you got to go in knowing it's a comedy. If you go in thinking it's just a Western, you're going to be real confused at first. Yeah, it's going to throw you off, but it is funny, I have to admit. Uh, we got Love at First Sight on Netflix. I really enjoyed this film. I thought it was going to be another one of those, oh, no, we fell in love on an airplane. But there's a, a whole lot more. A guy's into statistics. She's. I liked their fears. They, they mentioned, what was hers? Uh, it was something weird. like uh, She's afraid of mayonnaise, and she's afraid of yeah. Um, small, yeah. small places. Oh, tight, confined spaces. Yeah, shoot, I wrote it down. Anyway, I, I thought it was good. I liked it. I gave it a B. And I actually, there was a, a couple of scenes. There, it takes a real emotional turn that you may not expect at first, but it, it's an earned emotional turn. Yeah. And I actually kind of teared up a little bit at that. Similar situation to the movie Kelsey on Prime about Jason Kelsey, the center for the Philadelphia Eagles. They followed him for a whole year in a year that he made a run to the Super Bowl. And who did he have to face in the Super Bowl but his brother, Travis, of the Kansas City Chiefs. His famous, flamboyant, cool, Dave tight Taylor brother. Swift. Maybe. Maybe. He's he not. wouldn't confirm that last night on Thursday Night Football. But uh, another great emotional pick that made me cry. Uh, Prime Video is where you can find it. I gave this an A. It's maybe one of my favorite sports docs because I love Jason Kelsey, his family, his parents, his love for his children, his wife. He's just an all-around cool guy. He does have with a potty a mouth, mouth yeah, but he mouth. is a great guy. Uh, we've also got on Prime Video A Million Miles Away. Uh, yeah, this is a Michael Pena stars as a, a migrant farm worker who, in real life, uh, Jose Hernandez became uh, actually on Discovery, which was right after uh, the Challenger. Challenger. So uh, an, a migrant who becomes an astronaut yeah. uh, based on a true story starring Michael Pena. Yeah. That's a million miles away. And then we have El Conde. Okay, you say it for me because I think I've been saying it wrong. El Conde. El Conde on Netflix. Yeah, this is The Count. It's a Netflix movie, a black and white, dark comedy in in Spanish, it's about Chilean dictator uh, uh, Augusto Pinochet. Uh, he's not really dead, and he hasn't been dead for. He's a 250-year-old vampire uh, who's getting kind of tired of being around. He fakes his death many times, and then he has somebody famous come join him and 
and it turns out that it's not so bad after all. He's got a famous parent. All right, then yeah. we've got the morning show on Apple TV Plus, season three of the uh, soap opera E behind the scenes at a network and news show with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Billy Crudup. This season, John Hamm joins up as somebody who's maybe interested in buying the network. He's essentially Elon Musk. But uh, uh. he's going to buy the network. Uh, and then we have, Steve, we haven't had a chance to talk about it till now, Ahsoka. Yeah. A mo- uh, uh, an episode that was so big this week on Disney Plus that they actually screened it in some theaters around the country, even though it was only like 40 minutes long. Yeah. And I don't want to give it away, but it was teased in last week's episode. It's the return of Hayden Christensen to the role of Anakin Skywalker. But some really cool really cool Star Wars stuff happens in that episode. Maybe. I I, mean, I, I think my expectations way cool. were way too high on really? it. Really? Yeah. And it does help if you've watched the series Rebels. And then uh, we have just a quick plug for Welcome to Rexham, which is the... Oh, you're not doc- going to talk about winning time? Well, okay. Winning. T- Welcome to Rexham, soccer documentary yeah. with uh, Ryan Reynolds and um, Rob, Rob McElhaney, yeah. uh, new season. Winning Time season finale this Sunday on Max and HBO. Uh, the story of the Lakers and Celtics this season. A has story been... about the Lakers. <laughs> this this is the wrap up the 1984 NBA Finals, which some consider to be the best NBA Finals in history. Um, Jerry West loves this story. Hilarious had a um, somebody. <laughs> Magic Johnson posted a picture with his wife on Twitter, and somebody replied, Hey, spoiler alert, I'm only halfway through winning time. I didn't know you ended up with her. With Cookie. <laughs> so that was really funny. All right, so that is Rapid Fire. Wait a minute, wait, one more. Cat Video Fest 2023 coming to the Broadway on September 30th. All cat videos. Can't wait. Oh, my goodness. There's that. <laughs> All right, so then there's that. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.